Hey guys, it's Tish and welcome back to Tish's Thoughts. And I just wanted to thank everyone for their support through the last couple weeks um, with my just going through with this current bout and just pressing through through all that is going on right now in our world. And um, today I have a special guest with me, the lovely special guest announcer herself. Hi, I am Ebony, um, Tisha's friend. We've known each other for about, it's crazy, but like seven years now. Met up in Chicago. Yeah, because I met you before I had Luke, and Luke's almost seven. <sighs> so, seven years, uh, we met up in Chicago, and we've known each other since then. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> I feel old. When did I know. He, when did he... I had Luke in 2014 and I met you before I had him. No, you met him. You met me a little bit after you had him. He was a baby, baby then. Yeah, so it's still been was, about six and a half years, girl. He yeah, he, I mean, you're not off, but I, can, <laughs> I, yeah, I met you like he was like four or five months old. Oh, so six and a half years. Yes, girl. <laughs> I just, I can't believe he'll be seven. I mean, I know. he's, oh, anyway. I'm saying. it's, it's dumb. I love him too. Mm. Love my babies. Um, love my Harris babies. And I just, um, we were just on, we wanted to take a little time, um, and just talk about, just continue the kind of the unfiltered conversations that, you know, I've been having with friends about certain things and how they shaped and molded us and you know what that looks like to unlearn certain things or just embrace Mm -hmm. aspects um so ebony for you you know we were talking a little bit and um you know you were sharing and why don't you just again just share a little bit about um what the couple questions i asked you um your parents connecting and um what you know kind of like what your first memory with your dad was is i guess and then um yeah and we'll so what did that look like um your parents meeting and then yeah um what you were just sharing with me yeah i think my mom first met my sperm donor um about like a year and a half before i was born they saw each other in passing but they didn't really know each other she just said she always used to see him walking around our neighborhood wearing this purple suit and she thought that he was an attractive man and one day um she asked him to come over and they started talking from there and you know they became friends and their friendship turned into a, something more it wasn't necessarily a relationship but um, friends with benefits yeah. friends with benefits yes yes girl. um mm. <laughs> And then ten months after that point, I was born. So yes, that was that was the start of it. Listen, we thank you, parentals. <laughs> the world thanks, thanks that purple you. suit that still caught my mom's attention. That purple suit. Listen, you know, purple does something to some ladies. I don't know, <laughs> you know, we we got that prince and his purple, and he was ringing them all exactly. in. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, like. As we've heard, you call him sperm donor. So just, mm-hmm. you know, putting two, two and two together, there wasn't really a relationship there. But what is 
um, some things, you know, from your childhood that, you know, you do remember from him um, that, you know, in a way still had effect on you as an adult or just a a tidbit? Um, In all of my 33 years, honestly, I can't think of one time where I referred to him as a dad because I think it takes... Uh, you have to earn the title of being a dad. Yeah, and so sure. he's always just been a sperm donor. So I know when I was first born, he didn't think that I was his child because he, he actually already had six or seven kids before me. Wow. So I'm the youngest. So I'm 33. And I think I have a sibling. The oldest one is like maybe 52 or so. Mm-hmm. He was older than my mom. Um. So... I had siblings who, when I was born, who were already in their 20s. So um, I was the youngest of like seven of them, but um, I didn't really have much of a relationship. He didn't think I was his at first. And my mom went through the whole paternity test thing and it showed that I was, of course. And, um, you know, from there, I would see him once every blue moon, like maybe once every couple of years. The earliest memory I really have of him was when I was 12. I remember he came over to my mom's house during one of those every few years, you know, meetings. And I was telling him about a pair of shoes that I wanted that I was super excited about. And he's like, okay, I'm going to get you these shoes. I promise. I'm going to get you these shoes. I'm your daddy. I love you. I promise. I promise. Mm-hmm. And that made me super excited as a child, of course. And, you know, a month passed and two months passed and a year passed. And I never got those shoes. Um, and that honestly is one of my core memories I have embedded in me. Just like that first broken promise of I'm going to do this for you, but I'm not going to actually fulfill my word yeah so from that point forward you know i'd maybe see him every few years but i talked to him like once every couple of months my mom was very old school and she would say you know even though he's he's not around you still need to respect him so she would force me to call him on the phone and have the two-minute conversation of how are you i'm good you know i love you right okay yep uh, you know your dad cares about you okay yep all right bye and hang up. <laughs> so that was really the extent of our relationship. Girl, I feel you on that one. Like, I, um, my parents were together up until I, I'm the youngest of three. And, um, that I know of. Anywho's. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, um, by the time my parents separated, I was nine years old, but I never really bonded or felt a connection with my dad. Um, the way that he, like, I, I could clearly see that, I could always clearly see that my sister was his favorite. And then uh-huh. his, my brother was, you know, his son. And, you know, especially in the Haitian culture, like sons, you know, they carry the line and, so there was care there as well. Um, so I was always stuck on my mother's hip, even though my parents were together. And um, once they separated, though, I, I, in going through the process of divorce, I remember he told us, oh, I'm going to come get you guys. And we're going to go to the fair. The fair always came. The, the fair here in South Florida always comes um, around... January ish, so it's like cool enough outside, it's not too bad. And he's like, I'm gonna come get you guys, and we're gonna go to the fair, and it'll be good and fun. 
and you know we had our neighborhood friends and we were like so excited and we told them oh my gosh our dad's gonna come and take us to the fair and homeboy never showed up and we were just sitting outside and we our friends were like he ain't coming and they were making fun of us and and that hurts and as a child. It it does. It shapes, mm-hmm. you know, and it you know, I already had a complex and I didn't know what it was um for a long time. You know, I just was it just was so what I was used to. I just was like, Okay, dad's there, you know, um he you know, likes Millie more and that's you know, that's my life, I guess, you know, and I'll just uh-huh. cling on to mommy with all my might. And um, that's definitely why I'm a mama's girl, still am. And yeah, it's just, it's uh, definitely those, those types of stories, those types of times, they don't, things don't leave you, even though uh-huh. now we're in our 30s. And so um, I think it's the same for me, you know, it was me and my sisters and me and my two sisters have different my dad so my younger one uh, my mom was married to her dad then there was me and then there was my older sister with a different dad too so mm-hmm. none of them were around so we were just always you know stuck to mom's side and that's just that was the norm that was what we were yeah. doing you know that was she was savior conqueror discipliner comforter mm-hmm. and she was like everything and more you know she was all that was there Exactly. And even even with the physical presence, unfortunately, and, you know, at times, um, you know, you you're like, you don't get it at that younger age, but you feel how it's wrong. You know, something is off, even though you can't fully put to words what it is you're experiencing. And um, so what? um Sorry, I'm I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> but um, so as you were, you know, growing up and getting older, how did that like shape and how you viewed other relationships? Not just even dating, but just like your friendships and who uh-huh. you allowed in your sphere. Like, how did that kind of having that missing piece affect? those um, yeah those circles I think you know for the longest time I was in denial that people who didn't have a father around um had daddy issues but now that I've gotten older I think anyone who doesn't have that presence around has some type of issues it'll manifest itself in one way or the other girl but I think that's okay we have to acknowledge it you know mm-hmm. it's the same way as the mother is missing like we just have to acknowledge it and grow from there um but now looking back I know that I put up multiple 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 walls like you had to get a sledgehammer to get any of my trust like that's just the way that I was yeah and also you know growing up very independent and very alpha female um it was my mom and my sisters and that's it and you know I can do everything that I want to do on my own I don't need anybody there like trust just watch watch me you know watch me do my thing um because that that fear is always there that all men were bad. Mm-hmm. Every man that I came in contact with had one one motive, and that's to get one thing and to keep going. So because of that, I made sure I kept my focus where I wanted it to be, and I didn't divert that focus from what my priorities were because I didn't trust 
men with women it was different i trusted women implicitly because i was raised by all, all women an alpha woman my you know my mom my grandma like i was just raised by women but with men it was there was none of that trust that was really there at all um so with that lack of trust in looking back do you feel like um it protected you in a way or did it hinder you in some ways no i definitely think it protected me you know growing up especially being you know when you're a teenager and the hormones kick in so many you know teenage girls like they crave attention of guys because that's just you know how a lot of as women we girls are wired i really Mm -hmm. didn't have that Mm -hmm. you know i could care less like i'd have you know guys like i was called like a super conservative in school like you know ebony like a guy would say oh i bet i can get ebony to talk to me no ebony's too conservative like because i was like i I don't have time for that you know you could say all the nice words you want to say you can give me all the winks you want to give me ain't nobody got time for you right now i got my eyes focused on what i need to do so to me for me i think it protected me of course the longer that went on the more walls then came up which mm-hmm. isn't necessarily a good thing. Google, um, I feel you but, know. You know, but I wasn't really, during that time of my adolescence, it helped me keep my focus and my eyes on the prize. And it also helped me to really establish some really strong friendships with girls in my life, with ladies in my life too, who I did trust and who I did have as confidants because, you know, they were the ones who were there. Yeah, there, there's one thing about having some solid lady friends in your life. Um, and the with like the lack of cattiness, the lack just mm-hmm. embracing each other and boosting each other up is so ne- necessary in life yeah. in every stage. I think um, it's so it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah, I um, yeah talking about going back to daddy issues, girl. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I I I grew up uh, my teenagers. I was very angry. Mm-hmm. You know, I I was uh, people who meet me now probably wouldn't think that, but I I was very harboring a lot of of hurt because it. I mean, I felt abandoned before my dad even stepped a foot out the door. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> and and it's not to minimize what you go through because you know at some point you know after i was born he was trying to deny me as well like what what was milka doing where was she going yeah taking <laughs> taking care of kids talking about this one ain't mine you, like, know, you know like you learn even, that stuff and you hear that stuff you do. and you're like well it's like what is wrong with me like what have i done kids to absorb you? it all they yeah. absorb all of that yeah it's like what is it that you are are wanting from me so that you like me yeah and even if you don't like looking back now i during my teenage years i would have never said that but there was hurt there yeah there was oh, sadness sure. there you know there was a sense of abandonment there when i see other friends with their you know their dads and um you know there's always that that sense of longing um yeah. you know i remember when i was younger when i was a teenager because my sperm donor had so many kids my mom used to tell me, don't ever date anybody with the last name Bailey because I could be your brother. Because he was just out there <laughs> sowing his wild oats. <laughs> but that always stuck with me. Like, well, I mean, I'm one of many, so I guess it really didn't matter anyway because there's a lot of them out there. But then he, when I talked to him on the phone, he'd tell me about things that 
his oldest son was doing and things that his other daughter is doing. It's like, well, you know about them. Why don't you want to know anything about me then? Yeah, that that's that's what this this the kicker is like. You clearly have had conversations that are meaningful and in depth with your other children's like what is so different with me you know I remember um I don't know if my siblings or you know even my father can remember this but I remember I don't even know if it was close to her birthday or not or something but my dad came home and he asked this question about either like the name of his father or something that like my younger self like who's thinking to ask that my sister is four years older than me um so and she would ask you know those types of questions she's in school and things like that and um you know it was like he it was only a question she knew the answer for and and it was he had this present it was like one of those like little toy diary things where you can push the buttons and put in stuff and it was like this I remember that little toy yeah and I'm just like you made it to be something that like only she could answer but clearly this was for her anyways yeah and like he didn't bring I don't ever remember getting anything from him everything was from every little toy you know any little piece of clothing I remember um one dress this like black checkered white black and white checkered dress with like a red bow on it that he made a purchase for because I was just so in shock that he got it for me that I'd never forgot it but also remembering like that's at the same token you know you getting your favorite this present in front of the both of us with like nothing else for my brother and I and I don't I've never asked my brother how he felt in that moment but I know for me I just felt even more disliked and not cared for and so as I got into my teenage years I just and then you know he leaving and not really caring for us like I just was okay well you know I'm you suck and I don't want anything to to do with you and then you know guys suck and I'm gonna hurt you the way you hurt my mom I'm gonna do that to guys and it was just like you know that was your defense mechanism yeah Yeah. it was like it was (laughs) It was a shoddy defense mechanism, but it was. <laughs> but there. you didn't know any better at that time. Yeah, what you had. yeah. And it's just like the impact those those things, and I just I wish you know sometimes some parents you know we can learn to be more intuitive with each of their child's needs, and instead of just yeah. as a whole, can I keep them alive and fed? you know um but yeah I just I walked into adolescence with just some so much baggage and already so much trauma by then you know um my parents were going through their divorce I had you know suffered through sexual abuse I um 
you know, was exposed to, you know, things a child shouldn't have never been exposed to. And then you then you have add teenage hormonal on top of that. <laughs> and you're like, okay, cool. Go live now, you know. And yeah. the cultural differences on top of that, you know, um, trying to maneuver one culture that's in the home and then a totally complete, totally different culture outside the home. You're like, okay, what? Um, uh-huh. But yeah, so as you um, have been, you know, you're heading in to you know you're growing as an adult like when did you um feel like okay there's there's maybe some things that you wanted to maybe change or maybe what helped you bring some of those walls down um as you were um growing up and heading into adulthood like when was that time where frame where you were like hmm you know, let 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 me figure some of me out in this and how this has affected me that yeah. I have these walls up. You know, I, I honestly think it's like when I gave my life to Christ, you know, I was 17 and I had a friend who kept taking me to church with her and kept taking me to youth group. And when I, that relationship went from just her relationship and learning about God through her relationship and became my own, I think that made a difference. Um, because then I felt the love of a the love of a father for the first time that mm. couldn't have been taken away by any man, mm. you know? And I think that started showing me how there was someone there. It wasn't necessarily an earthly man, but there was someone there who loved me more than anything, that he was willing to give his son for me, that he was willing to give his all for me. And that helped to slowly start allowing me to trust more. Um, and then not just that, it's, you know, when I started dating Evan when I was 19, and he was the first guy, like, when we first started dating, I was like, oh, okay, he's like everybody else after one thing, you know, let me show you, not gonna get this one thing and we can keep it moving. But that wasn't it, you know, he stayed put and broke down those walls, the many, 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 many layers of walls that I had up. He was patient and, you know, processed these issues with me and showed that he was a man of his word. And I think that exponentially helped as well, too. Oh, that's awesome. I don't... I think that part. I don't know why we haven't talked about before, but <laughs> love it. That's what I love about these conversations. I'm always learning something new about my friends. Um, I think that's so beautiful. Yeah, the the love of Christ is unlike any other. Um, uh-huh. And that it really, when you allow him to transform, he really does. And um you know that and I just love the the friends the friends that are like willing to engage with you and and invite you and you know um I grew up in the church but I still wasn't doing like putting any effort into seeking Uh God and it was um you know girl girlfriends who really um made an effort to make sure I like stayed connected into youth group and I was around the same age I was 17 where uh-huh. God was like when you gonna let me in girl 
he'll keep knocking and when you finally he, open that door it's just like you have a huge revelation yes and i just think that's so beautiful like um actually i just was reading and, and doing my quiet time um not a little bit before we start talking and and just a reminder of you know the grace like even though you had all those walls up that continued grace he had for you in those moments to keep to keep you um and still pursue you until that moment where you were able to acknowledge him for yourself you know exactly um i just love that i just i just love that 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 is what it is you know it's not about the heat you know the big pomp and stance of you know religion but just like an intimate knowledge of our savior you know and that's same thing for me like you know and i think what helped me to get into a place of vulnerability and forgiveness was being able to embrace like the heavenly father's love for me mm-hmm. and that you know what i don't have to seek it from this flawed earthly man but i also exactly. don't have to harbor like any bitterness or you know i know that that's enough you know anger, I, I, yeah. still, I still harbored resentment more than anything but I knew, you know, I have a father who sings over me. I knew I have a father who takes hold of my hand and walks with me. Like, I have that. That didn't mean the resentment disappeared overnight. Oh, that no. That didn't mean the <laughs> frustration disappeared overnight, you know? Oh, um, no. And it was still there. And, it, yep. and to be honest, there are times I still will feel that. Um, but it got so much better. And my line of sight became so much clearer. It wasn't clouded by that sense of constant loss you know yes yes it's an it's definitely not an overnight thing I love that you said that and I wholeheartedly even till this day um you know just because and I just even read it the other day someone was sharing a tidbit of their story um and it's like forgiveness is an act is a daily walk Mm-hmm. You know, it's not this, you know, <laughs> miracle pill that you, you decide to swallow and everything is, is hunky-dory. You know, exactly. you're, you, you know, and I think that's, that's one of the things that I had to kind of unlearn in my walk. You know, you, you know a lot about what's happened in the last year and a half, almost two years mm-hmm. with me and all the a lot of you know things I've been having to unlearn and um what are some of the things that you you know as you've been in this journey you've mentioned your wonderful husband Evan and also a dear friend of mine and um and how you know he was patient with you and and walking that kind of you know that is a, a unique thing to be able to walk um, out a healing path with someone for yourself um, so what did that look like for you to um, walk that out 
and um, decide how you, what did that look like for you to walk that out um, yeah. in that healing with? I mean, it's, it's a continual thing. Um, there was a lot of, I can do everything by myself mentality because again, I come from a very strong black female lineage. That's mm-hmm. just how we are. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of learning through that process. I remember when we were going through, when we were engaged and going through um, our premarital counseling and like they're talking about the verse, you know, the husband is the head of the household. I would never, I never, I always lost over that verse. I said, Lord, this don't exist. I think that was an error in your word. We're not going <laughs> to look at that. That is some foolishness until, you know, really, like I, I couldn't even, I would get angry even looking at that. Like, I don't, I don't need a man to tell me to do nothing. I can do everything by myself. Until I fully, you know, understood what the biblical meaning of it was. And, you know, he was patient. I was like, hey, let's talk about this. What does this mean? And it came down to a point where what that really means is if you know the person you're with is a godly man and you trust, you know that that's never going to be abused. It doesn't give this man the right to make all decisions in your life because if he truly loves you, he will walk alongside you and you will make these decisions together. But what it means is if for some reason you can't come to your opposite end of the spectrum. It's just like, I know you've walked into this prayerfully and I'm trusting you that what your thought is on this is what is where God is leading you. As compared to me thinking, because of how I was raised, that whatever he says goes. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. No, this isn't going to work. You know, so <laughs> even like those things for years, for years and years, I could be, I, I literally, I couldn't read the verse because I just get angry reading it. And so it's like small things like that that I had to work through and relearn because I was just so used to feeling like, you know, men didn't deserve that type of privilege, I guess, because there weren't many good ones out there. So, you know, it was just, it it was a process. Yeah. What, is there something that like, um... So unlearning that kind of the negative feeling of of there's lack of trust for men, how yeah. how has that um, affected how you're parenting your your boys becoming, which is so I think is so beautiful how you've become a boy mom. <laughs> I God knows what he. I was literally just had this conversation the other day. I'm like, you take a woman with no male role models in her life and give her all boys surrounded by men, three sons, a husband, a man dog. And I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) But but, I mean, God, he he knows what he's doing. And he's helping me through the raising, through the way we raise our boys, reshape how future generations of girls will view boys. Because I know our story, what we experience is not isolated there are future generations of young women coming along with the exact same story, if not worse. And so I have the privilege and the joy of raising boys who will be good men who can help shatter that perception that future girls will have. And that is just such an honor to be granted that, you know, to be able to help reshape how other women view men by showing that there are good men and getting rid of the stereotypes that are out there that exist because of, you know, even things that I perpetuated as a, as a, 
you know, a younger person that they are no good man. They're only after one thing. You can't trust them. And I would say that. And I would say it openly and honestly. And I believed with all of my heart. And now looking back, I'm like, I was only feeding into that stigma that's already there. So now it's my time to undo that because that's not true. There are wonderful men out there. They're wonderful, godly men. And you can't hold the hurt of your past against these godly men who are pursuing you, you know? Yes, it, it's so true. It, it, I'm, I'm super grateful that, you know, in that angry teenager, I was um, able to meet my old youth pastor mm-hmm. who, you know, has a, a crazy testimony himself and of just like God's hand over your life. Um, but just, and, you know, a friend of mine and just being it, you know, and other men that were beautifully placed in my life to show me what Mm -hmm. a, a faithful and, you know, honest husband father looks like. Mm-hmm. not just on TV, you know, in yeah. real life and through life storms and difficulties and just everyday mundane things. A father who's just not like an authoritarian, but just sits and hears what their child has to say mm-hmm. and engages with them. Um, I, yeah, I, it really, it shaped and, and shattered those, a lot of those things for me that you know I shared with you in that like mm-hmm. men are no good and you know just like what is their redeeming <laughs> factor for a man and yeah and yeah so it's just like it takes work to you know it, it to break down those those walls and but what and you I think say? I think that you know again it's like we talked about earlier it's something I'm constantly learning you know as I am a mom of boys I still find myself going into that mindset of these are my kids I'm making sure that I'm doing what's best for mine it's like no they're not mine they're ours and you you have someone who's walking through this with you and you have to also let them be boys you have to let them explore and learn and you know you you can't let fear hold you back as well so and that's something that you know I'm still working on as well even to this day yeah, I think it. I think that's so um, awesome that you can walk in that, be in a place of walking in humility to um, accept that thought of okay, this is this is what I, I I've carried with me, and that that doesn't work and that won't change the generational lineage I want to leave behind. Yeah. And I just think, again, it's just like so awesome to, and just in those simple thoughts of allowing, how we allow God in to, to shape our and change our thinking, and how that can not only bring about the daily healing, the daily walking out in forgiveness, but being able to pour into um, the lives that are coming, the generation that's coming um, after us. And I just think that's so awesome. And I'm, you know, I just love seeing you as a mother. And Thank you. I love your boys. And I'm, <laughs> I have no doubt that they are going to be an already just wonderful men, not only of God, but in just 
this society to just continue to shatter stereotypes and norms and you know don't even like get me started on you know you know the 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 struggles our our black men have to and women have to carry in this country and I just um I just love um and being able to witness how you pour into that and not only into your boys but into your husband um I think it's just as a single gal who's looking towards marriage and looking towards having her own kids I just thank you for being that for me um that that model in a way so I truly appreciate that and I um I just thank you for joining me today is there any like little encouraging snippet to anyone who out there you want to just drop before we go just to um encourage them they might not have the story that we do Mm -hmm. but just a little encouragement that you want to leave before we head out yeah um no i would just say be patient with yourself without having that figure there even if if you never had a father you had a father and he walked out or you had a father who's there who was never emotionally present i think be patient with yourself because all three of those are different types of loss and it's okay to acknowledge that and it's okay to work through it and it's okay to process it in your own timing um but know that they're lack of presence in your life does not negate how special and important and valuable and beautiful and amazing you are as a person so I think that's the biggest thing that would be a takeaway for me yes I love that you hear that friends (laughs) that every that every step is different but in every aspect but you can give yourself that grace to get through it and and take your time yes patience with yourself I feel like in in this day and age we want that instant gratification and instant healing especially and then when you read it in the word and that's there too um but we forget the stories that came up the stories of those people and what they went through and how long they went through it. We don't always remember that. We just remember that in that moment of the instant healing, forgetting what happened prior. And it's just like, there's, um, there's, there's a process in all of it. And, um, you, we may not always get to the other side when we think we should, but we will, you will. Exactly. Exactly. It's, um, and it, the journey is worth it. Um, with all the lows that Ebony and I have experienced and all the highs, like, um, I can only speak for myself, but it's made me who I am. And so I can't. Um, you wouldn't be without yeah, it. I, mean, I, I wouldn't it, be. Yeah. Exactly. And well, Ebony, I just thank you so much for joining me. You busy, yeah. lovely mama, you. And um, I just, again, thank you so much. And thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and rate. Uh, Give your girl five stars. It's huge love to me if you do. Also, if you follow, you can follow me on IG for all the random 
encouraging goodness. Um, it's Tish, T-W-E-S-H-S, thoughts on IG. And oh, you'll hear from me again next week. All right, Ebony, say bye. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>